I'm Kirsten Roth, and this is the FEMA Podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore a small riverine community in Morgan County, Indiana, where residents in about 80 homes with severe, regular flooding move to new, safer locations. In the town where they used to reside, it was converted to a park, a gathering place where miles of trails are available to residents for walking and jogging. Old weathered bricks line the paths of a historical town square, and a living history museum brings some of old town Indiana to life. So how did this community so dramatically change after more than 100 years of flooding? I wanted to find out. First, I spoke with Kenny Hale of the Morgan County Plan Commission. Uh, Morgan County, I think it's, I'm a, I'm a little biased, but I think it's the most beautiful county in the state. I think uh, nowhere else can you come down State Road 37 and come over the hill there at State Road 44 and 37 and see that big river sound, the basin right there of all the White River. Just It's unbelievable. But with Morgan Monroe State Forest and all the canopy that we have in the region, Morgan County has 85% of the canopy in the Degan region there around Indianapolis. The town of Waverly was founded in 1837 and built on flat ground near one of Indiana's longest rivers, the White River, which is more than 300 miles and crosses much of central and southern Indiana. Close by, the construction of a central canal created a booming business for the taverns of Waverly, which housed, fed, and provided drink for the rough-and-tumble canal workers. From the earliest days, Waverly was known for its taverns, but by the 20th century, the town had continued to develop, and there was a department store, ice cream parlor, barber shop, and two halls for community gatherings. Waverly's got a big part of the future and the development of early development in central Indiana. Uh, so Waverly was a really thriving, nice community back in its days. The early Waverly economic boom eventually waned. Here's Kenny Hale again to explain why. Back in the early 1900s, Waverly lost its bridge across White River and uh, they they went ahead and rebuilt and put a concrete bridge in there. And it was called originally the Mooresville to Franklin Road, ended up coming uh, State Road 144. But then the concrete bridge that was built in 1911 that was going to be there forever, the commissioner said, ended up uh, deteriorating the bottom falling out of it, and they had to finally close it down. It no longer had a access across uh, White River to Waverly, and the new bridge went north of Waverly a mile or so. So Waverly started deteriorating. A lot of the um, properties become rentals, and it, it deteriorated very bad from about the mid, uh, well, about the late 70s into the mid 80s to a pretty bad state. And not only was Waverly struggling with an economic downturn, but the town's close proximity to the White River also made it a high risk for flooding over the years. Waverly's always had a flooding problem. Back in 1913, you had a major flood, not only um, in Indiana, but the whole Midwest. It devastated the country, and Waverly was no exception. It, it was pretty devastated from the flooding. Um, <clears throat> over the years, you've had several flood events 
We've got some documentation showing flooding that took place in the 1930s that was pretty bad as well. Uh, but you've you've had it in the 70s. You've had it in the um, 90s. I know of early 2000. Uh, 2005, you had two flood events in a week's period uh, that was really devastating. In 2005, after the long history of repeated flooding in Waverly, Kenny thought it would be better for the town to start purchasing properties in the small community and help residents find new places to live in Morgan County that were drier and, most importantly, safer. This would also ensure that the town could better manage the floodplain in the area. I know whenever I first... uh, started talking about buying O-Town Waverly out in 05 and being proactive and coming up to show FEMA that, that we are going to manage our floodplains. We are going to dig and enforce our ordinances and took the initiative and come up with a plan how we could buy O-Town Waverly Park out and get it cleaned up and people out of harm's way because after walking in the floodwaters in the hip waders in 05, seeing dig on how these people were devastated having several feet of water all the way up to four and five feet of water in some of these structures um, that we couldn't even walk into them. But just seeing the effect that it had on the people, I mean, it's like they were used to it. They they was used to the flooding. They would sandbag, then they would finally have to evacuate, but they'd always come back in and clean up and and habitat the houses again but it's um, they definitely had a lot of severe repetitive flooding in there uh, and that had went on for many many years he found money through the riverboat fund taxes that are collected on indiana's casino riverboats that allow communities that don't have a casino to share in the gambling revenue he went to the local council and asked for fifty thousand dollars out of the riverboat fund to start purchasing properties but Kenny had a hard time convincing local officials that he could do it. They told us, Kenny, them, them folks have been dug and flooded so many times, you're never going to get the first one bought out. They don't want out of there. They, they're used to all the flooding. So a um, few months later, I was really fast to call in and let them know that I closed on our first property. We actually bought 10 structures out of there in the first two years uh, at a cost of $100,000 to two $50,000 appropriations. Around this time, Kenny also had another vision, to convert the Old Town Waverly community into a park. We end up going down that direction. I started talking to the community and talking to the boards as far as the planning commission, the council, the commissioners, and uh, started picking up a little momentum. People liked the idea. They still, uh, I remember a lot of the old-timers and all of them, Kenny, you're a dreamer. You're never going to be able to pull this off. But they was born and raised there. They knew the people. But as Kenny was working with the community, purchasing homes and relocating residents, In 2008, disaster struck. To learn more, I spoke with Mary Moran, Director of Disaster Recovery for the Indiana Department of Homeland Security. In 2008, we had one of the biggest events, flooding events, recorded in the state. Uh, It caused over $200 million worth of damage. Thousands of businesses and homes were impacted. 
we had three deaths related to the event. The event was a 10-inch rainfall in about a 36-hour period. It caused uh, multiple roads to shut down. We had bridge and levee failures. Over 5,000 residences impacted by the event. Residents in parts of Indiana are bracing for more flooding. As much as 11 inches of rain swamped the state Saturday, responsible for at least one death, another person reported missing. As much as 10 inches of rain has fallen in central Indiana, forcing residents to use jet skis and motorboats to help their neighbors escape the high water. According to the state's utility commission, tens of thousands of people have lost power and the state's governor has declared an emergency in 10 counties. Officials say the flooding has closed roads, threatened dams, and forced hundreds of people from their homes. The National Weather Service has issued flash flood warnings in 15 counties and says record flooding is possible. The 2008 floods in Indiana made federal funding available to Morgan County for a project where a community purchases flood-prone structures from willing sellers and either demolishes the structures or relocates them to a new site outside of a floodplain. The area where the structures were previously is maintained as open space to restore and conserve natural floodplain functions. Kenny had already started purchasing flood-prone properties using the riverboat funds as early as 2005. But the presidential declaration in 2008 also made federal funds available to Kenny, allowing him to continue his project of purchasing homes in Waverly and helping to make his vision for a historic park in Waverly a reality. Mary Moran helped steward the process, which included a grant application and developing strategic partnerships. Well, we knew right away that the local officials were going to be overwhelmed with the task of trying to recover from this event. So we went out and we held public meetings um, statewide and in Morgan County, specifically uh, for the Waverly impacts. And we helped them develop their application packet, helped them get all the necessary clearances, helped them develop their budget, uh, told them and introduced them to partners that could potentially provide their 25% match. And uh, then we helped them all the way through the process of award and project implementation all the way through to grant closeout. Well, that's great. And you had mentioned there were some other partners that you connected them with. What other partners were you uh, interested in having Waverly work with? Uh, we connected them with uh, Indiana has regional planning councils, and we connected uh, Kenny with his regional planning service. We also connected him with the Indiana Housing and Community Development Authority, who had received uh, Office of Community and Rural Affairs funding to do recovery, and that is how we were able to get the 25% match for Morgan County and Waverly was with the Indiana Department of um, Housing and Community Development. We also worked with the Department of Corrections, both state and local, to provide them with some manpower to help during the project. And then we uh, also helped connect them with uh, the Indiana Housing Authority, who helped folks who were displaced find permanent residence. In total, from 2005 to 2016, with a mixture of local and federal grant funding, Kenny purchased 84 flood-prone structures in Old Town Waverly, helped the residents relocate, and brought the vision he had for the park to life. 
the park itself is basically 98 acres. Um, that's including the park and the Greenway Trail. Uh, once again, the Greenway Trail is basically two and a quarter miles long. That's section one. We have uh, three sections planned, which will take it about seven and a half miles down river. And then I've got 32 miles planned for the county of Greenway Trails uh, along the river and into the city and towns and everything. So I am a kind of big dreamer. But as far as the park itself, though, it's... Um, it's it's fairly decent size. It'll end up being the second biggest park in Morgan County. Uh, we have one that I'm developing right now. It's going to be 139 acres. But as far as the park goes, it's um, it's got a lot of nice amenities as far as like the old bank. It was the second bank. Waverly had a pretty bad flood or a pretty bad fire in the 1800s and burnt down about three quarters of the town. Uh, the original bank was one that fell victim to that, and they had built a nice brick building uh, in 1918 and was only a bank a couple of years after that, closed down in 1920. It's been several things since that, but we um, have been able to repurpose that building. We actually have it uh, refurbished into a little living history museum inside. We utilize it for park board meetings or other gatherings of the master gardeners. Uh, we've actually had a couple other groups that's uh, utilized it as well. So this is the old bank? Yes, it's the old bank and we have restored the vault. And that's what all these are. See so if you get locked in there, you might be in there till the time, see? Isn't that neat? Mm -hmm. You can look at the gold handles. We tried to do it back as close to the original colors and stuff. And um, But this is the vault itself, and then this is the safe. And the picture here is so neat. I mean, it's the old one. We've just cleaned it up. We've redone all the little drawers and put the little porcelain handles back and tried to restore it as best we can. We're missing some trim, but, in, you know, in the big picture, look how heavy that is. I don't know if you can push that. Look at that. Wow. Gotta be. <laughs> oh. know, isn't that amazing? <laughs> you can't hardly do it. I can't even get it all the way close. It's amazing though, isn't it? That is really heavy. I know. And you think of that though, them bankers in here in the day, they, you know, had to do this all the time. There you go. There's a handle. That was Valita Fritchie the Vice President of the Morgan County Park and Recreation Board, who gave me a personal tour around some of Waverly Park. At Waverly here, this is where we are today, we have other parks too, but um, the, uh, this is a fantastic opportunity for our county. And ever since Kenny threw the idea at me many years ago, I, at the first I really wasn't sure that it could all get pulled off because it's just a big dream. And over the years, we've been working and working and working. This was an old town, I'm sure he told your group. And um, it, we tore it down after the floods, and then we started rebuilding the park. And um, I work my day job for the Morgan County Sheriff's Department. And right now, I run the work release. And so I have work crews. 
and that's one of the big reasons I'm involved here because we do a lot of the manual labor with inmate crews. And so I have officers that I sign up here. We do all the mowing and just general maintenance that don't take licensing and stuff. Um, this spring, or actually winter, January, February, we gutted the old Delaney house and found a lot of really cool old artifacts up in the attics and everything. Um, and then Kenny's going to bid it out to get remodeled. Um, but my crews do that. Um, we, we're up here regular trying to mow. We put this trail in back here last year. And uh, we do a lot of hands-on to save the community money. So uh, with Kenny and all of his grants, we've been able to get a lot done and save the taxpayers a lot of money. And um, the people around here seem to love it. I come. I, I help with all the festivals. We started the grand opening two years ago in September, and that's when we really opened the park to the public. And they've been coming over here watching us. You know, people drive through constantly as we've been working, and people come. Sometimes I don't get much mowing done because the people come in and they'll go, oh, I used to live here in 1968 or something like that. And um, they, then they want to tell you stories. And then they want to tell you where every house was, where every garage was. They want to tell you when the flood was up to here and when it was up to there. And um, it's really been so much fun and, and just really neat to be involved in the whole thing. The park includes walking trails, the historical museum in the Old Bank, an old church where local congregation still attends, and other amenities. The week I was there, a sign up at the front of the church said attendance was 16 members, and record attendance at the church was 107 people, a small but appreciative congregation for the space they still have on the park grounds. Kenny continued to tell me about the park, its amenities, and the repurposed materials he was able to use. We have a blacksmith shop, we have a trade center, they're board and batten. Uh, you're going to notice inside a lot of the lumber is hand-hewn beams that we've saved from the structures in Oldtown Waverly. We've repurposed a lot of wood in the structures. So, I mean, not only the new commercialized wood we have in the benches in both the gazebos, the 2x12s come out of the, the Danes house and the Danes barn, uh, which is newer, modern, contemporary lumber, but, but we also have a lot of the old hand-hewn, the native timbers that we have a lot of that we've been able to repurpose. There was a few trees that was right up next to houses that we had to take down when we took the houses down because they was like literally within a foot or so of the house. They had grown so big, and we repurposed them to um, Andy Bieber's custom sawing log homes, We'd take the lumber to Andy. He would saw the logs up. We actually repurposed that into the uh, wooden mural walls. We also repurposed it in what we have as far as the blacksmith shop trade center. And we actually have another little building beside them that we've repurposed that in as well. All the bricks, uh, Waverly had bricks going to every structure years ago. Most of them were anywhere from four to six inches Underneath the uh, dirt, whenever we was doing the excavating, we would find a sidewalk and we would just go ahead and I'd get on the bobcat and we'd just skim that dirt off. And they were not mortared together. They were just laying there on the sand and gravel. And we 
We wrapped them up on pallets, stored them, brought them back up to the park, and laid them in the ground. So a lot of our walkways uh, around the buildings and structures, our planting beds, it's all repurposed materials, about 24,000 bricks total. The limestone from the grand house, we've repurposed every bit of that uh, that we could so far, and we still have about eight or nine pallets of it still to use, uh, but we repurpose that as well. Repurposed blocks, we've repurposed uh, four by fours that was in the structures. We've also repurposed Main Street, the base gravel base. We've repurposed it, reused it, and it is the base for the Greenway Trail. The asphalt road that was Main Street, uh, both ends we took out. We reground that and dug and reused it into the asphalt trail that's, that's down in the Greenway as well. So I've really been very conscientious, and I, I don't like to waste. I'm big into repurposing and recycling, and we've utilized a lot of the things and we still have a lot of things that's not in the park yet that we've got either in the sheriff's garage or up at the highway department in storage that we will be putting in the museum and the Delaney House and everything. To make the park a reality, the community came together in many ways. Not only did they provide manpower, make in-kind contributions, and use a variety of grant opportunities, but they also received private sector investment of $1 million from the Indianapolis Power and Light Company, who has had a relationship with the people of Morgan County since the current Eagle Valley plant began operations in 1949. As far as um, money, FEMA's been great. The county council's been great by utilizing the riverboat funds that we've been able to use, utilizing a lot of the FEMA grants. We've used um, part of the primary grant, part of the O-Town Waverly Grant, 2010 Waverly Grant, the Henderson Grant, um, them's all grants, so we utilized parts of that or all that grant to buy out people and get them out of harm's way. So we we still have about a half million of that dollar still setting in county funds to use, um, but we've we've been very frugal with our dollars and looked outside the box. And IPL, I can't say enough about them. Fred and Holly and the folks, Kelly, uh, to go ahead and do, to feel that confident with Morgan County and want to be a partner with us and commit that million dollars for Morgan County and O-Town Waverly Park Greenway. That, that, was, that was a big help for us. The results of the park have been notable for the community. The park is an open space for recreation and community events. And the removal of the flood-prone structures next to the White River has also significantly reduced the amount of emergency response resources that are required during flood events in Morgan County. And I know you had mentioned there was also a strong impact in terms of uh, emergency management in the community since the project um, happened. Can you just tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I believe it was either the 2012 or 2013 flood event uh, that took place here in Morgan County, and I had several of the uh, emergency personnel come up and patted me on the back, and can't, we can't thank you enough. We didn't have to do a single dug in flood evacuation, and uh, that makes us feel really good as far as on the 911 side and the emergency side, not having to send people in there in them rowboats or in the hovercrafts or the airboats or even like the 08 where we had to bring in the National Guard and have the dug-in Huey copters come in and 
airbasket people out of harm's way. I mean, just not having to do that anymore. Um, we had to this last February. Um, we had to just a fraction. It was in the 2013. But we didn't have structures underwaters, but we had roads flooded to where people could not get in and out to their homes. Uh, but thank God we, we didn't have any structures underwater in 13. This last one in this February of this year, we did have four structures that had some in garages or crawl spaces. And so it's, it's been a real blessing for the emergency people uh, to not have to go in. Because before, I mean, we would literally have to dig and rescue several dig and 50, 100 people at a time. And that was pretty routine. Uh, so just not having to put all of ourselves in harm's way anymore. That's, that makes it really nice. The future looks bright for Old Town Waverly Park, and many plans are still in the works. We have lots of big plans, even for this summer and, and for long-term future, too. Um, we're hoping to uh, put in a, period, a time period playground this soon as um, June, probably. And then we're putting in a, log, a period log cabin, and I forget what year it was. We're putting it in, and we're hoping to make an old-time general store. And we, we, since we have all the access to the river, there's a lot of fishing. And so we hope to, like, raise our own um, night crawlers and things here in the beds just to make it all period because we want to turn it to a living history type thing. Um, I'm very proud of Town Waverly Park. It's uh, It's... It's dear to my heart just knowing the people that I've been able to work with since 05 and getting to meet them and seeing what all they went through from the, the multiple flood events that they've had and become good friends with a lot of them. Um, and I consider all the families from Waverly family members. Uh, we're all brothers and sisters, and I, I can't thank them enough. I'm... Waverly's very special, but I just love Morgan County in Indiana. I, I can't thank FEMA enough for what they've done, Department of Homeland Security enough, and DNR. Uh, it, it's been a true blessing for Morgan County. I know that, and I know the rest of the state has benefited as well. But uh, I, I just want to thank my hats off to all three of the agencies because they've really helped me become who I am today as far as a floodplain manager and taught me well, and, and I cannot thank them enough. So I just want to salute them all. We've linked to this episode on our FEMA Facebook page, and we invite you to join the conversation in the comments. If you have ideas for a future topic, send us an email at fema-podcast at fema.dhs.gov. If you would like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov slash podcasts.